coming up. And sure enough, uh, that dog just honed in right on where I was, followed exactly which uh, streets I crossed, followed exactly like little deviations that I tried to uh, kind of throw it off, but uh, it didn't. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. It's a parent's worst nightmare, a child going missing. But a new search method using a centuries-old dog breed may help investigators find missing persons faster. Track. Ready to go. City streets with all their human distractions have little effect on the Bloodhound's singular drive to find a missing person in a big, chaotic world. Nathan Baca with WUSA in Washington, D.C. You recently reported a fascinating story on bloodhounds. First off, how did you wind up reporting on these dogs? What was it that first caught your attention? So uh, there used to be a time when I worked out in the Palm Springs, California area. Uh, we all start off somewhere. And uh, Riverside County in Southern California had a, a retired sheriff's captain, Kobe Webb, uh, who is uh, has been running bloodhound programs for decades. And uh, she is a leader in the National Police Bloodhound Association. Uh, I got word from uh, them and their program that they were coming to the D.C. area uh, for their annual training. Uh, it's almost like a, uh, a boot camp uh, and reunion, uh, so to speak, of dogs from all across the country. Uh, these bloodhounds are... Uh, trained by going through different exercises, whether or not they are uh, trying to pick up a scent in a uh, city, uh, whether or not they're trying to pick up a scent in uh, the woods, they are run through the program. So uh, they have their national uh, yearly review out at a snow resort, a ski resort uh, in Western Maryland in Oakland, Maryland, Garrett County. Uh, the reason why is they, they hold it there every year because the ski resort is pretty much uh, quiet uh, at that time of uh, of May, but um, they they go every year because it's just uh, it's it's fun for them uh, for the, even for the uh, uh, the employees of the ski resort to see all these uh, these bloodhounds. I feel like if you were to describe a bloodhound's nose to me without telling me what it was or, or that you were describing an animal, I would think you were describing some sort of huge technological breakthrough, not a breed of dog that's been around for hundreds of years. Tell us a little bit about bloodhounds. Why are they so good at tracking specific scents? Sure. Uh, They've been bred to have noses that are so uh, sensitive. It is amazing how much they can pick up this scent and can go for miles uh, following a specific scent. And the way it works, we witnessed it in these exercises they go through, all it takes is one scent item. It can be a child's toy. It can be a pillowcase. It could be an article of clothing. And they sniff it, and then they follow that scent wherever it may lead. And the amazing thing is also about how discerning their noses are, especially when they are going through a city and there are scents everywhere uh, that would distract Most other animals, these bloodhounds are able to uh, keep track of it. A scent item, though, can also be contaminated. You think of your average pillowcase. 
And there were instances where police officers would tell us that scent item, that that item. Say, for instance, if a child goes missing, uh, the first thing that a family thinks of is to try to gather as many clues, but they are touching a lot of these items. They are touching the pillows. They are touching the clothes. They are moving around in a desperate search, trying to find clues. And then the police officers come. And then after that, the bloodhound comes. So sometimes, even those scent articles, uh, clothing items, maybe have been contaminated by laundry or have been touched by other people. People will say, well, just use the pillowcase. Well, the pillowcase, I have young children and I kiss them goodnight. I put the pillowcase on the pillow after I wash the sheets. My scent is everywhere. So when I go looking for my missing child, I'm laying a trail. And what happens is it confuses the dog. That is where what we did the story on was new types of items and new methods to try to really hone in that scent to give those bloodhounds uh, the tools to be able to uh, give uh, a bloodhound just that, that pinpointed scent. And nowadays you can actually just get gauze pads and put it on top of, say, um, a loved one's forehead or armpit gather that scent and it soaks it in and you put it in the freezer for up to a year. And a uh, test indicated that uh, these um, uh, these items uh, that you put in the freezer uh, can actually keep a scent for a year or longer with uh, 90% accuracy. What you're describing is, is this kit that this retired captain you mentioned, Kobe Webb, has developed the Find Em Scent Safe kit how effective are these kits compared to you know some of these other examples you gave, just using a pillowcase or a piece of clothing or something like that? It can increase the chance by double, uh, according to the police officers that we talked to. It uh, is a more focused scent because you are gathering those pheromones, those uh, scent uh, articles. People sense, and I speak not from a scientific standpoint, but just from what I understand, scent is not only transferred in the sweat, but also indeed something that humans can't smell, which are pheromones, which are these chemicals that humans just don't have the ability to really pick up on, but animals do, insects do. Uh, it's many times used for navigation amongst uh, animals that we just uh, take for granted, or even uh, bees and other uh, ants and other insects. Uh, they use pheromones scent to really guide their way across the world, and bloodhounds are trained to really hone in on that and to give them as many tools as possible, not only in the event of uh, say, a loved one going missing, or maybe, you know, we're not just talking kids here. We can be talking about uh, adults with dementia and for group homes to potentially gather these scent items and store them away in the event that a loved one goes missing. Let's talk about some of those real-world applications. Are there any cases that come to mind in which bloodhounds have been used to successfully find a missing person? Usually, if it's a, um, if it's a missing person, the bloodhounds can be successful in a, in a quick uh, scenario. And the other uh, times that 
they can help police in an investigation are if somebody is kidnapped. And for instance, uh, Captain Kobe Webb uh, had worked a, um, a case in California, the Samantha Runyon case, that was a murder case. They didn't know that at the time that the person, that the murderer who's now in prison had already um, murdered Samantha Runyon. But the bloodhound was able to uh, assist in the case to be able to find, uh, indeed, the body. But um, that is sometimes the bloodhounds, by the time that a bloodhound is called, uh, it can be too late. And that is where the National Police Bloodhound Association is also trying to get the word out to people to ask for a bloodhound very early. And sometimes it can take a proactive measure by a person in a missing persons case to ask for a bloodhound. Virtually every police department has bloodhounds. They are widespread across the country, and uh, usually each county has one. State police typically have several. And bloodhounds sometimes are not the first tool used by police officers, but it can help if people who are in a mercy, you know, family member goes missing, ask for a bloodhound, it couldn't hurt. That also helps law enforcement to remember to call for a dog right away. We want the dog. We want you thinking, call the dog right away, not a last resort. So this spring when you were out in the field, you actually had a bloodhound try to track you. Tell me about that. Oh yeah. In a sense, it was kind of fun. It was the ultimate game of hide and seek. You know, you, uh, I, uh, gave my ID badge. Um, it's just kind of held it in my hand. I didn't do anything special with it. Held it in my hand just for a little bit. Uh, gave it to the dog. And the dog just had to sniff it a little bit. By this point, I had already uh, gone out into the community in this small town of Oakland, Maryland, and just hung out in front of a church uh, about a few blocks away, definitely not within line of sight. And our photographer was following the dog. And sure enough, uh, that dog just honed in right on where I was, followed exactly which uh, streets I crossed, followed exactly like little deviations that I tried to uh, kind of throw it off, but uh, it didn't. And within minutes, that dog found me. Good girl. Good girl. Found me. And sure enough, you know, they, they train you to once, in those training scenarios, once the dog finds you, Give her a treat, uh, and uh, they'll they'll love you. But uh, those dogs are trained to um, uh, to follow for miles, and it is uh, you know you think these dogs are walking through areas where cars are driving by, when people are walking by, all the sense of a of a of a town of a city. There's a lot of wind. There's a lot of distractions. Uh, there's a lot of traffic. So with the hard surface, she's going to track more to the grass because the scent needs something to stick to. It's it's scientifically amazing just how these dogs are able to really track in on who they're trying to find. We talked a little bit about these find them scent safe kits that Captain Webb has developed. How is she going about distributing these? How many are are out there? There are uh, a few thousand out there. 7,000 scent kits are being distributed for free to police departments uh, around the country. All a police department really has to do is just ask, uh, and we have a link on our website, wsa9.com. The the hope is, is that police departments will start getting these kits 
And then if there's enough of a demand for it, they'll start to uh, produce them uh, mass market. Uh, it was just uh, created right now with a with an angel investor uh, to try to get the word out to police departments because they believe that it'll be a tool very similar to whenever uh, families and police departments run these fingerprint uh, drives where if you remember a few years ago, it was quite popular for uh, events at fairs and community um, uh, fairs around the country to have police departments gather fingerprints, especially when it comes to uh, children when they go missing. Uh, that enabled police departments to help with uh, investigating uh, missing persons cases. And the hope is amongst the National Police Bloodhound Association to make that uh, just as popular as uh, collecting uh, fingerprints of children and uh, those who have dementia. Nathan Baca with WSA, just fascinating stuff. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Reed. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening right now. And if you have a couple seconds and you enjoy the show, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For a full list of our shows, you can head over to vaultstudios.com or search for Volt Studios in your podcast app. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Volt Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. <laughs>